Let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joe Holcroft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Live Radio 104.5 FM and AM 930. It is great to be with you another Thursday evening where we continue to reflect into the richness of the gospel text uh, this 26th Sunday in Ordinary Time that will afford us the opportunity to talk about some of the things we talked about last week as it relates to uh, greatness and littleness. Um, but we're going to extend the discussion much further. Um, we're going to put it in the, into the context of just not humility, but the need to look at self. Um, our Lord has some strong words for us today in the gospel, and uh, I will be having this discussion uh, with Debbie Rizals, who is here in studio with me. Debbie, great to have you with me another evening. It's great to be here, Joe. So, Deb, with all that we want to talk about this evening, why don't you go ahead and get us going with the gospel text? And we're reading from Mark chapter 9, verses 38. We jump around a little bit through 48. At that time, John said to Jesus, Teacher, we saw someone driving out demons in your name, and we tried to prevent him because he does not follow us. Jesus replied, Do not prevent him. There is no one who performs a mighty deed in my name who can at the same time speak ill of me. For whoever is not against us is for us. Anyone who gives you a cup of water to drink because you belong to Christ a man, I say to you, will surely not lose his reward. Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a great millstone were put around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter into life maimed than with two hands to go into Gehenna into the unquenchable fire. And if your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter into life crippled than with two feet to be thrown into Gehenna. And if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. Better for you to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than with two eyes to be thrown into Gehenna where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. Amen. You know, in my first reading of this gospel, Debbie, I was struck by a number of things, to the least of which was that opening verse. I mean, listen to it. John said to him, Teacher, we saw a man casting out demons in your name, and we forbade him because he was not following us. I mean, think about that. Now, last week, we heard from the disciples, them talking about who was the greatest among them. And here you have you know, <laughs> another exchange that highlights how the disciples were getting ahead of themselves. Now, these verses were um, put together loosely, it would appear at least initially. Well, the church in her wisdom wants us to see that our Lord was not concerned with status, with elitism. And the only way we're going to really come to understand and appreciate that is if we do what? Well, you look in the mirror, self-criticism, you know, self-knowledge and what that means for the journey of holiness. And so here you have these disciples. And isn't it striking, Debbie? These are the same men 
who came from these elite backgrounds, uh, came from these families of great prestige and status? No. No. <laughs> no. In fact, in their own way, each of them were probably looked down upon, mm-hmm. right? And if they weren't looked down upon, they certainly, they certainly did not have the credentials, if you will, to become a disciple, minus maybe Judas, right? So here you have them approaching our Lord and saying, what? Well, they're not followers of us. I mean, how long has it been for them to come to this conclusion that, okay, yeah, they're chosen, but because they're chosen, it doesn't make them greater than the next person. And Jesus does something that I absolutely love. He says to the disciples, it is in my name. You are great to the extent that I make you great, to the extent that I give you the grace that is necessary to serve, as we talked about last week, to become great. Essentially, what he's saying is, all is grace. All is in the power that is given to me by the Father. And don't ever forget that. Mm-hmm. You know, today, Debbie, I am struck by this overemphasis on what I think, right? Well, I don't believe in what the church teaches because I dot, dot, dot. The church is wrong because I dot, dot, dot. But what has God disclosed? Hmm. Have we put ourselves in front of God? Are we leading? Ooh, what did Jesus say to Peter? Get behind me, Satan. If we are going to be disciples of Jesus Christ, we get behind Jesus Christ. And in doing so, we get behind the church because the church in our most fundamental vocation bears witness to the truth of Jesus Christ in the love of Jesus Christ. We have to, Deb, render our hearts unto God, open ourselves up and ask that question, God, where are you in this moment? And how are you using this person or that person? A very unsuspecting person, oh, by the way, God, to reveal yourself to me. Mm -hmm. Now, don't get me wrong. Jesus Christ established his 12 as the first bishops of the universal church, clearly. But there are other men and women who come in the name of Jesus Christ, who do do great things. Mm -hmm. And we need to be mindful of that. And we need to remember this exchange here, Debbie, between our Lord and those who are following him. You know, the perfect example of, you know, someone outside the 12 is Paul. Amen. Um, Amen. Boy, how much did they want to welcome him into the circle? <laughs> yeah, no, that's a great <laughs> you example. You know, yep. here he was a persecutor. How do you trust somebody who was out to kill you? Mm-hmm. Literally out to kill yes, them. Yes, I love John uses the word. He doesn't follow us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As yes. if, as if, yeah, the, yeah, as if the twelve yeah. or the or the or the main, you know, it's like, well, John, darling, I'd hate to see someone try yeah. to drive out a demon in John's <laughs> name. <laughs> I, I, I circled that in my notes, you know, um, and and it really is to emphasize the power of our Lord's name. Oh, incredible! We yeah. don't, we don't even. I don't think we have an inkling, Joe. No, I know. I, let me speak for myself. Yeah. Don't have an inkling what right. the power behind that name. Mm can proclaim. Mm -hmm. And it's only under the influence of that name and the power of the Holy Spirit 
it is not God working through us autonomous from the power of that name. Right. It is God working through us because we've called upon God to do so mm-hmm. in the power of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. the power that he has given us. And so, yeah, we don't. And there are so many saints who have told so many stories and, and have taught so many great things, Debbie, about the power of a single prayer or mm-hmm. the power of saying Jesus's name just one time. And I'm, mm-hmm. of course, thinking of Mother Teresa, how she used to always have the name of Jesus on her lips and so many others, of course, St. Joan of Arc. There's great power in that yeah. name. There's a lot, of, uh, a lot to be said about the name Debbie. There's a lot to be said about the name Joe. Right? There's a lot to be said about all the wonderful and beautiful names out there. But there's only one name that means Savior of our sin. Huh? And that, of course, is Jesus Yeshua. Mm-hmm. There's only one name, Debbie, that saves us from our sin. And we need to enter into that and really sink ourselves into what that means. And he certainly, this week, last week, mm-hmm. and previous weeks, has been challenging challenging his disciples to do so. Um, And so how do we get over ourselves, Debbie? (laughs) How do we get past this? Well, only God works through me. Well, it really is the virtue of humility, that virtue which awakens true contrition, that virtue which is akin to being genuine. Last week, we touched upon the importance of what repentance is all about, that contrition and resolve to change. But if we are not humble, if we are not genuine, well, what did our Lord say? You hypocrite. Mm -hmm. It has to come from the heart. It has to come from a place that is going to affect change. And it's only going to happen if, again, we look into the mirror and we realize that greatness itself is only achieved by being little, by being humble, by enrolling ourselves in the anawim of God. You know, the word genuine, interestingly, uh, Debbie, in the uh, Latin literally translates as what belongs to uh, the natural, uh, what is innate, what is native, right? Well, in the context of our humanity, right, what is native to our humanity but original sin? Mm -hmm. What is most natural to human nature but our inclination to sin? So if we're going to be genuine, we're going to be repentant. Um, We're going to be resolved to change. And even to tease it out a, a bit further, the root in the Latin, genu, means knee, on bended mm. knee. Will we come Sign of to, humility. Yes, will we come to realize. And so why do I talk about this? Well, what did our Lord just talk about in the gospel? Mm. I mean, some extreme language. Now, of course, he's using hyperbole here. I say, of course, and maybe I shouldn't because you and I, I think, Debbie, have both read the stories where people have literally amputated their limbs because mm, of mm-hmm. of their reading of the gospel text, right. and uh, unfortunate that is. But in saying that, certainly our Lord wants us to see something, and what he wants us to see is the need, is the need to be critical of self, not in some negative way, oh, I'm a bad person. Right. No. False humility. Yes, that mm-hmm. false humility, be, because genuine humility, right, sees ourselves not bigger than we actually are or even smaller than we actually are, but we see ourselves for who we are in light of God. Mm-hmm. And out from that truth, that overarching truth, right, will the change begin? And that change is about uh, coming to a deeper understanding of self. Now, all of those things, Debbie, that um, we need to work on, those bad habits, those vices, 
And um, if you don't think you have one, just ask your spouse or your best friend, mm-hmm. and you can be assured that your children. <laughs> yeah, 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 your children. <laughs> yeah, you don't even have to ask them; they'll just let you know. Yeah, right? they will. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and what really are we talking about here, Debbie? We're talking about holiness. Mm-hmm. I mean, our our Lord Absolutely. really gives us a prescription for holiness here. Mm-hmm. The the classics will talk about holiness in the context of the art of removing because you're removing one thing that another thing might be revealed. Mm-hmm. One Leonardo da Vinci once talked about sculpture as the art of removing. Removing, uh-huh. And I, I've, I've always loved that mm-hmm. image. You know, you paint, but that's something you put on canvas. Mm-hmm. Music is note upon note. Mm-hmm. Architecture is stone on stone. Only sculpture mm-hmm. involves actual removing. Mm-hmm. There's a great story that is shared from the life of Michelangelo. He was walking along a garden in Florence, and he sees this stone protruding from the earth in this mud and and grass, and he looks over to his friend, and he says, look, do you see it? And his friend looks at him, and he says, no, I see (laughs) one big marble stone protruding from the earth that's covered with grass and mud. And he says, there's an angel hidden within. Mm -hmm. I remember that story. And of course, Debbie it is God who also looks down at us and sees us the same way. Shapeless blocks of stone covered with muck and mire. And he says to himself, what? Therein is hidden a new and beautiful creature that waits to come out to the light. More than that, the image of my own son, Jesus Christ, is hidden within. The perfect right? image of us. Yeah, it really mm-hmm. is. And, and we need to uh, chip away. Mm-hmm. You know, we need to arm ourselves with a chisel and, mm-hmm. and to chip away. Uh, we have that great image from the Gospels, the vine and the branch. We need to prune back. Mm-hmm. And in doing so, we reveal God who is hidden within. But again, we have to identify mm-hmm. the fact that we have to work on things. You know, Debbie, the story is often told of the alcoholic who never changes because he's constantly pointing his finger at his father, blaming his father who is also an alcoholic, claiming that it's his father's problem. No, we've been given the gift of freedom because we are created in the image and likeness of God, which means we are created in the image and likeness of love. We have been given this capacity to freely choose because love demands freedom, because love never browbeats, it never coerces, it never imposes. Love never comes from without, but from within. So freedom is inherent to love. So we've been given this gift of freedom and we need to identify where we are called to deny self and identify where we are called to pick up our cross. And sometimes, Debbie, if not all the time, it is saying, no, it's not that person's problem. It is my problem. And as soon as we claim it's my problem, that's when the change begins. And what image does our Lord always seem to bring to us when he's talking about humility, but children. And, and mm-hmm. you know, in reading this, it seems, you know, oh, wait a minute, all of a sudden he's got a child and we're talking about a child again. He's done this now several times in the last several weeks where he has compared us to a child, brought a child, the qualities of a child, the purity, the humility, all those, um, we aren't trapped by worldliness yet. Mm-hmm, and and mm-hmm. I think of... Um, Unless until we can get to that point, can we really be used? Because until we get to that really childlike place, 
we're saying, well, wait a minute, I this, I, wait a minute, mm -hmm. I got to help the kids do that, I got to do this, I, 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 because we're adults mm -hmm. and we're, um, we haven't gotten down to the simplicity of being led by the Holy Spirit. And um, we're all called to be disciples, folks, mm -hmm. all of us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're all called to it. Amen. If you are a follower of Jesus, you are a disciple. That's your call. I, I love uh, someone used the um, definition disciple is one who is easily taught. It's a follower of Jesus. But I just like that association with the word. I don't know if it was the true uh, meaning or not, but it was one who was easily taught. Well, that speaks to docility, mm -hmm. which is what kids have. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, the docility of spirit. So if we're going to be used, we've got to get small. Yeah, yeah. Well, and children are powerless, mm. right? Children are powerless. So what does the Lord want us to see? That we need His power. Yeah. Not our own. His name. Yeah. His I mean, power. His I, spirit. Yes, yes. I can only send you till I've given you what? The power of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Because it is only under the influence and the power of the Holy Spirit that we will achieve any good in his name. Mm -hmm. Because it is only then that the good is going to be the willed good. I think you and I have talked about this before a little bit, Debbie. And not every good is a willed good. We come to understand the willed good, the good that God desires for us in light of being under the influence of the Holy Spirit, as one Father Cantal Mesa likes to talk about it, intoxicated with the Holy mm -hmm. Spirit, because it is only then truly that we are uh, powerless, because it is only then that truly the power of Christ lives inside of us. Uh, what's the great scripture passage from Paul? It is no longer I living, but the power of Christ who lives within me. And so this is what we are being made to see. As we continue uh, this path, Debbie, uh, during ordinary time, again, the church in her wisdom wants us to see the importance of what ordinary time ought to look like. Mm. That essentially it shouldn't be so ordinary. Yeah. <laughs> it should be extraordinary. Right. And once we do that, then... Preparatory. Yes, yes. I was reading, Debbie a catechetical uh, piece from St. John Chrysostom. And he happened to be talking about this gospel passage. And he said something that struck me. Severing body limbs signifies the amputation of intimate friends. That is most provocative. And his message was this. When close companions drag us away from holiness, they must be cut away. For as he would teach, it is better for us to enter heaven without them than to, than to maintain their company in everlasting misery. And of course, this text also has the context of what? Hell. Some strong words, yet very important words for us to contemplate, to sit with, if you will. Because there is power behind the words that Christ uses. Mm -hmm. Because when you hear Christ use such strong language, and to some extent, yes, it is hyperbole. Mm -hmm. It is hyperbole. But his message for us, I think, is quite powerful because we live in days, and we all have to, again, look in, look in the mirror on this. We live in days where it's hard to say no to someone. Mm. Hey, Joe, hey, Debbie, I want to talk to you about something I've been struggling with. And in doing so, they really just want to get you on their side of believing something about mm. the church. 
we have to be willing to amputate that relationship if, in fact, it is bringing you down. Now, St. John Chrysostom would be the first to say, you do everything in your power to bring them into the fold of Jesus Christ. But at the same time, if they're bringing you down, you have to be honest with yourself. And, and it's a powerful image to mm-hmm. sever, to amputate. We all know yeah. what that looks like. I mean, we can all imagine that, mm-hmm. maybe some more than others. But in saying that, he offers for us a reminder, that is St. John Chrysostom, of the importance of Jesus Christ first. Jesus Christ first. He can use our friends, as you know, mm-hmm. we talked about, but as he uses our friends to reveal what he desires it is always seen in light of Jesus Christ. And if we do not have Christ as that prism from which to see all that belongs to him, then well, what, what really do we have? And uh, it could never be reinforced enough that divine revelation is, and I think we forget about this, it's really subtle, but Debbie, divine revelation, not human revelation. Mm-hmm. God's ways are not our ways. We've heard it before. Mm-hmm. Have, we, have we contemplated that before? God's ways are not our ways. And in light of that truth, we ask the question, Lord, what is the meaning of this moment? Because this makes no sense to me. This makes absolutely no sense to me. And there are many moments and many encounters today, 2015, where we are led to ask that question, or at least we should be led to ask that question. And I think in many ways, asking the question is a great grace moment because it is in that moment where you begin to see how each and every moment is pregnant with eternal significance. Absolutely. We need to spend time asking those questions. I love another line in here that Jesus gives us. He says, even if it's just a glass of water Mm. in my name, Mm. isn't that beautiful? Mm. He's saying, you know what? I'm not going to ask you to throw out demons right off, off the bat. Can you just give a glass of water mm-hmm. to someone in my name? And I won't forget it. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Yeah. The little... The, the, the little yeah. small acts yeah. of charity. Yes, Debbie. Maybe if you're a waitress out there and you're asking yourself the question, Lord, what gives? Is, mm-hmm. is this the meaning of my life? Well, our Lord just gave you an answer. Exactly. You know, maybe you're... Um, a mechanic, and you've worked on the same car piece for the 50th straight day, and you're like, Lord, what gives? Mm-hmm. He's answered your question. It really is about seeing all in light of God's sovereign love. And I say sovereign intentionally, Debbie, mm-hmm. because to say that is to say that in God's eternal design, He looked down, and whatever it is we are doing at that moment, God says, I see it. I see it. I see you serving this customer. I see you working on that car. And now I call you to give it to me. I call you to offer it to me. Mm -hmm. Because now that table that you are serving, that customer is your altar. Now that engine that you are fixing is your altar. And when we can do that, we are well on our way. But there's a prescription here, Debbie. We have to be able to identify in our own lives, what gets in the way that doesn't allow us to To do those. Yes. Yes. And as you highlighted so beautifully, it really is in acquiring that disposition 
of a child, acquiring mm-hmm. that interior attitude of faith that opens us up to see that there's something greater than I. Mm-hmm. And that greater is thou, and we call him God. And only in light of that, only in light of that, will we, de- will we discover the beauty, the beauty that each and every day truly, truly is. Amen. So, Debbie, I'm looking up at the clock, and it looks like we are out of time. I don't know if you had any closing thoughts. You know what came to mind is my dear little sweet Aunt Barbara. Mm. Um, your wife, Jackie, and I were talking about our aunts who were Down syndrome. And as we were discussing tonight, I just thought, gosh, we call these people disabled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. How how dare us? Yeah, it's really you know, Debbie, as you say that, it's it's the disciples pointing the finger, oh, right? Isn't it? <laughs> it's it's the, it's the disciples saying, "Who are they?" Yeah. What are we saying when they're disabled? Who yeah. are they? Who are they? Yeah. Oh, they are your teacher, my friend. Oh, I learned more from my dear aunt Barbara. Um, you know, Jack and I were just saying it was like they couldn't sin; they yeah. just were purity themselves. Yeah. They were just these little tiny honest, sometimes brutally honest, but not meaning to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I would just marvel at her. I would get so excited when Auntie Barbara was coming because Amen. she was always just the sweetest, purest soul. Amen, Debbie. You know, you mentioned Jackie, my wife. I too have had encounters with an aunt who might be physically or mentally disabled, but we use these words, Debbie, disabled, handicapped. And what does that really mean? What does that really mean? You just said it. There is a sweetness, a purity that abides in those souls. Are we called to minister to them? You better believe we are called to minister to them. But we also better realize that it is Christ in and through them ministering back to us. I don't know how many times uh, sweet Aunt Sylvia has walked into a room, a room where there is a lot of pride, a lot of bravado, And in her simplicity, in her sweetness, in her own way, she has a way of disarming all of that. And often the conversation is rerouted into something that is more grounded. You see, your Aunt Barbara, my Aunt Sylvia, they are gifts to us. And if we see them as anything more or less, we are missing the point. And certainly the gospel would have us enter deeper into this overarching truth of understanding this for what it is. Amen. Again, well, we are out of time now, Debbie, so let's go ahead and wrap up with a word of prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death, amen. And God bless you. Thanks for listening to Seeds of Truth, heard every evening, Monday through Friday at 5.30 here on KKXX. If you'd like to hear this program or find out how you can help support Seeds of Truth, the website is joeholcraft.org.